Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Friday morning. What a week this has been. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, good news, bad news in Blue Jackets camp uh, this week. I shouldn't say camp. They're not in camp, but Blue Jackets world this year, week, year, this week that feels like a year. Um, bad news. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Gustav Nyquist, Blue Jackets left winger, had surgery on Tuesday at the Cleveland Clinic to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. Uh, Blue Jackets fans are probably somewhat familiar with that process. It's similar to what Josh Anderson had. Uh, five to six months for his recovery. Now, we don't know how much of this missing se- this upcoming season he's going to miss because we don't know when this season's going to start. <laughs> And we don't know how long it's going to be. Um, but it's a big loss for the Blue Jackets. Uh, one of their top players, one of their skilled players, uh, and one of their underrated players at that. So a, a tough uh, bit there. Allison, you've got the other side of the coin here. I get the good news. I'm Yay. so excited. Um, yes, uh, we are now down to just one um, player who needs a contract to return to the ice. That's Pierre-Luc Dubois because uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, signed a three-year deal with the Blue Jackets, um, $2.8 million average salary cap hit. Um, like a lot of the deals we're seeing, this one starts low dollar value in year one and jumps up to $4.2 million in year three. Um, but even though there's only one year of, of play to look at for a sample size, uh, I think that's a nice a nice deal for a player that is obviously going to be a big part of the top four of the blue line. So uh, there's the good news. Yeah. So the blue jackets have their defense pretty much sewed up. I think there's still some questions about that third pair, uh, but they know their top four is, is uh, locked down for this coming season. For sure. We're going to get into both of those topics, Nyquist injury, uh, Gavrikov's extension or new contract. Uh, but we're going to go first to Nyquist. And we caught up to Gus Nyquist uh, for an interview um, he was hip to, to join the uh, Front Nationwide podcast. He's sitting at home on Percocets right now. Actually, he's told me he's cut the, the Percocet because he hated the way it made him feel. Hockey players, man, two days off of shoulder surgery, and he's basically biting down hard and getting through it with Tylenol. Um, pretty impressive. Uh, so we're going to play that interview for you now, and we'll, uh, we'll be back on the other side of this interview to talk uh, more about Nyquist and also some Gavrikov, but enjoy this chat with with Gus. We get we get into all sorts of different topics: his shoulder for sure, uh, but also his first year in Columbus, uh, what it was like playing in the bubble, and what he's thinking about or uh, fretting about when you when you look forward to next season. So enjoy this uh, chat with Gus Nyquist. So Gus, I, I guess the first question for you is: How are you? This is your this is the first surgery you've had tell me what it was like where you're at now a couple days a couple days after the fact yeah yeah really a, obviously not a good feeling uh, you know being out but, but yeah first i've been lucky fortunate that before so this is my first surgery so i mean two days in just hanging out at home and trying to trying to recover as, as fast as possible here i guess a, a global pandemic is as good a time as ever to be you're kind of stuck at home anyways, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, uh, I guess that won't, uh, you know, make a difference for the everyday uh, life, you know. Right. We're pretty much uh, at home this whole time anyway, so, so that, that won't change much. But, yeah. but uh, 
uh, and it helps being being the the, the left side. I'm, I'm right-handed, so I yeah. can I can do 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 some some things at least. Uh, I no two surgeries are the same, but Josh Anderson had I think a similar surgery. I know he's no longer a teammate, but have you have you had a chance to talk to him or anybody else who's been through this to know what you're what you're facing here in in the short term and long term recovery? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't talked to Josh. I don't know um, exactly the extent of his surgery, but I've talked to some other guys that have had the same. And you know, this is a pretty common injury for for for, uh, for hockey guys. Uh, um, but yeah, just something that you know obviously got worse and worse over time. And, and uh, in the playoffs, was, was uh, not feeling right. And, and uh, then afterwards, uh, you know, trying to rest and rehab it, and, and then stepping on the ice, kind of came right back and we figured this was uh, the best time to to uh, to do it uh, and uh, get it fixed and uh, you know hopefully be back on the ice as, as soon as possible uh, um, you know that's my goal to miss the least amount of time as, as possible that's sure. why I kind of yeah, you know now would be a, a good time you know not with the you know, with not knowing for sure when when and if the season's going to start right right so w- walk me through this because Jarmo was saying this was kind of a, a shoulder injury that has bothered you for a while now. Uh, what was the starting point? Was there a definitive moment where you injured it? No, that- I don't. I don't think I have like a, a moment exactly. It's just something that's been nagging, and then um, you know, I think first time I really got to a point where where, where it was really bothering was probably in the playoffs and, and then uh, you know after that uh, you know obviously not getting back to where I needed to be to be able to uh, to uh, to perform um, so uh, I think that's why we made this decision yeah yeah so how what were you fighting through in the playoffs like how limiting was it how much of it was it because those games came those games came fast and furious yeah, but I mean I mean it's, it's everyone's playing through stuff in the, in the, in the playoffs, so uh, I don't like, you know, putting a percentage of, of, you know, stuff like that, you know, guys guys go through uh, different things all the time, so um, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, put, put like, uh, how limited I was uh, or anything like that. I think uh, playoffs is, is tough, and, and guys go, go uh, they, so many guys go, go through injuries in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, did you feel like you're, there were things you couldn't do on the ice that you normally did. Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to say that. You know, yeah. um, I think uh, I think this is just something that's kind of been uh, ongoing and, and got a little worse here over time. Yeah. And did they give you an indication of what the cyst means? I guess sometimes it does develop in an area that's inflamed or ir- irritated. That's that's sort of what tipped them off to something here, right? Yeah. I think that's that's a question for the doctor. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I think uh, the cyst is, is. I think it's created because of a labor tear. So, uh, okay. but, but you'd have to you'd have to ask the, the doctor uh, what that what that. Means. Yeah, you were like, just get me fixed. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on, how do you look back at your first year? In Columbus, it feels honestly. I don't know how you feel about this. It feels like you've been here for three years, because I don't know what a year is now. I don't know. Normally, you'd be a, a month into the season. Everything's totally goofed up. But you've been here for 
one year. How do you look back on your first year in Columbus? I know it, it can be a disruptive time for someone with a family. It's a big move. It's new teammates, all that sort of stuff. What was your first year like, and and how how rooted in do you do you feel now here in Columbus already? Yeah, that was a different year for sure. I mean, I don't know where to start. Really, it just feels like a long one. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but I, I feel like you know right away I, I, I came to a great place. Um, you know, this is a place I've really enjoyed to play uh, a year here, and um, you know, I, I I don't think I, I could have asked for a better fit. Uh, you know, the guys around the room have been great, and it's a real competitive team, and I think a team that that's still so young with so much potential, and now. You know, you're bringing in some some more guys here in the off season. That's it's only gonna uh, make us better. Um, you know, and I think we're we're showing with our play. You know, it was, it was a weird year. We had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, to to key players as well. So, and playoffs was, that was a different experience too. Sure. Um, uh, you know, a very, very weird thing to go through, uh, being in a bubble and not playing in front of fans. So, um, it, it's a lot of, a lot of things, I guess, that, that you can talk about during the season. But, but overall, I had, I had a great experience and I really enjoy, uh, playing here in, in, in Columbus. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. A couple of individual highlights. You had the, I've never seen one before because the only NHL team I've ever covered uh, as a beat is the Blue Jackets, and this you had the first penalty shot game winner in overtime. Um, there's only been 16 of them in the history of the NHL. How weird, how wild, weird, fun was that against uh, Toronto? I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a good moment for sure. Uh, doesn't feel weird at all with all the things we've gone through. This right, year. fairly normal. <laughs> Yeah, maybe in the norm, maybe in the normal year, it would have felt weird. But, yeah, fair um, point. No, but that that was that was uh, that was a fun moment, and that was you know it felt good. It was, it was early. Yeah, I think a little earlier in the season too. Um, yep, it was. So, um, kind of a nice uh, goal to to uh, kind of get started here in, in in Columbus. Yeah, and then the you had a hat trick against Pittsburgh. I mean, you couldn't time that any better. That was fairly. Early in the season, two the first one deflected off you. Uh, the yeah. third third one was that was just a, a empty netter serving on a silver platter. I'm not taking anything away from your hat trick. I promise. Your second goal in that hat trick was beautiful. The backhander. Uh, what do you remember about that moment? Just making it it uh, rain hats at Nationwide Arena. That's always got to be a good feeling. 
Yeah, no, another good feeling for sure. Um, you know, against a, a, a kind of a rival opponent, I would for say. Sure. Um, you know, coming to Columbus, I've, you know, learned kind of quickly. Um, yeah. that the Pittsburgh was one of the teams that that has uh, been sort of growing a, a rivalry here. So, and you know that that's that was uh, that was a, that was a fun moment as well. Yeah. Um, so the bubble had to be strange what was it like to be in it what was that moment like when you were able to step out of it and and come back home i know you didn't want to leave when you when you could leave or when you did leave but what was that whole experience like for you coming and going yeah that, that, just a weird you know it was it was you you really were in a bubble and i that's really how it felt you know and it wasn't um that the hotel we stayed out that uh, it was you. You walked outside and you saw you saw a fence, basically. Um, um, you know the the other place that that you could take a shuttle to had some more outdoor possibilities where you could maybe take a walk and, and be mm-hmm. on the, the field and stuff. But uh, um, yeah, it was a very different feeling. You know that that I think if you ask a lot of the guys, I think well, especially when you don't win it all, that the month in there seems like probably a little longer than, than a month. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, day in day out, you're doing the, the same things basically. But but in saying that, you're busy playing games too. So I think it's probably the, the busiest schedule we've had. You know, we played, we yeah. never got more than than one day in between right. games. I believe. Um, and for for being in the playoffs, that was um, that's that's an intense uh, schedule. But but you know, I also you know, you also have to credit the league for putting this together and, and yeah. um, um, you know find, finding a, a winner in a, in, a, in a very weird season um, so I mean overall I don't think with the circumstance I, th- I don't think it could have been a better um, setup but but definitely a weird experience being in that bubble yeah and did you leave that that series with Tampa Bay thinking this team's got a shot I mean I, I think everybody kind of felt that based on their talent it was all there. But I know you weren't part of the sweep the year before. But did you did you step away from that series thinking that could be that could be the team that that uh, goes the distance here? Yeah, no, I think I think we 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 felt like we were playing a good team, but I also think we felt like in ourselves that, that we probably um, you know could have given them a little better of a series. You know, I don't I don't I think we stood up pretty well against them. And, sure. Um, you know, I think that's a lot of positives that we can take from that still, even though losing four one in games, I don't know necessarily um, that really shows the whole picture of the series. Yeah. But, you know, Tampa for, for, for a number of years now have, have been uh, a really good team, obviously. And, and uh, um, you know, uh, uh, for sure, that's that's one of the teams you, when you play and when you when you watch games, that you, you, you would think that they could have a, a chance of, of winning it. Yeah. Did you continue to watch the playoffs, or did you kind of step away from it? Uh, I kind of st- I, I have a hard time watching once, once, yeah. once you lose out. Uh, it'll pissed off. <laughs> um, it's a little hard for, for me personally. So, so uh, I mean, you follow, but but not. I would sure. say I was glued to the TV watching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're a veteran player in this league. I know players stay in, in touch with each other. Do you have any indication what the thought process is? I hear January 1st in some cases. I hear February. Do you have any any info or any gut feeling when this thing might get started again? No. I, I honestly, uh, uh, 
nothing at all. Uh, you know, I think you guys uh, know just as much as, uh, as us, basically. I mean, it's, it's uh, we, we, uh, we do have a target date, uh, um, you know, and it'd be great if, if, if the season could start then, but, but who knows? I mean, yeah. I feel like these things uh, change daily now. Now the cases are, are sky rising again, and it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah, with the election now, you know, <laughs> we don't even know who's, who's the next uh, right. president yet. So yeah, a lot of things up in the air right now. It feels like. Yeah, no, not getting political here. Not picking sides. You're a a Swede. Yeah, I'm very neutral. I'm not even allowed to vote. I, I was going to say you, you don't even have to get political. Yeah. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't choose a side. Yeah, but do you look at this whole process and think, really, this is how it works here? Is it is it that far different than Sweden's? Uh, I'm gonna say no comment. <laughs> you you're getting very non-political political. Um, I am very very Swedish. I appreciate that. Um, hey Gus, thanks for your time. I, I wish you well in your recovery, and and uh, geez, I I uh, I can't wait to be back in the rink under normal circumstances again. I hope it comes to pass that that it happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I hope to see you soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Allison Nyquist is a player that they are going to miss. How how do the Blue Jackets get through uh, with him uh, out out of the lineup? I mean, he's not a He's not a superstar by any stretch, but he's one of those guys I think maybe you miss more when he's not there than than you do appreciate him when he is sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it was funny because Jody, when we had him on last show, was kind of trying to think about where to put put that player. Um, But, you know, we would comment game in and game out last season. There's always some little thing he does that isn't – it may not be the shot that goes in the net. It may not be the rush down the ice, but he's really creative – I think he's a connector player. I think he does a lot to help put the puck where it needs to be. I think he sees the ice really well. So, yes, I think this is going to be a gap for the Blue Jackets. Um, but the flip side of it is that, you know, he's been dealing with this for, for not just this season for some time. Now, obviously, it, it progressed. But um, a healthy Gus Nyquist is, is certainly an entertaining thing to think about. Um, in terms of what more he might be able to do. So they're going to miss him. It's a good thing that they cut Max Domi in. Um, but again, you know, and, and you've hinted at this, they're, they're probably still going to need to add offense now more so as a requirement than necessarily a luxury or, or a nice-to-have decision. Yeah, and the, the early indications are that nothing's really changed for the Blue Jackets in terms of free agency. So I think the thought was, well, Nyquist out, this this for sure puts them back into the market for a free agent forward, and there's quite a few available, even specifically left wing. Um, I've been told you can take Mike Hoffman off the list. That's not going to happen in Columbus. Um, and, and I don't think they're really all that intrigued by any of the other free agents that are available. I think... They're still, and we've talked about this, they're in the mode of waiting for one of these cap-strapped teams to have to do something uh, and to look fondly upon the Blue Jackets. And I'm not sure if the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are sort of chief among the teams that have to do something, Allison, would say, you know what, those guys in Columbus are pretty good guys. Uh, They've played Columbus the last two years. I'm not sure they want to help the Blue Jackets. I think they may want to steer their players out west. But there aren't many teams that can take on 
additional payroll. So uh, at some point, that's going to have to give. But if if it doesn't give, or if this season starts with the Blue Jackets adding no more pieces, Allison, when you look at what that second line is likely to be, if you have Texier, Dubois, and Bjorkstrand across the top on the front line, and you've got Domi and Atkinson on the second line, who's the winger, the healthy winger you like there? Is it Jenner? Is it Foligno? Who you got? Mm. Well, my, my mind immediately said Felino um, over Jenner, but I think I think we might see both happen. Yeah. While Torts figures it out, because the reason I, I think Jenner the, the Felino obviously also has great defensive contributions on the ice, but we know that Max Domi is not the most defensive player. That's fine. So. I'm thinking about what's the best counter for him on the left there yeah. to make sure he has space to make sure that the team remains responsible on the ice. So if it was me, I'd probably go with Felino first, but I might give Jenner a few games. I also think honestly that Felino might just have one step faster than Boone yep. um, in terms of keeping up with that line. And so again, yeah, I'd go with the captain first and then see if Jenner does something different but that would be my second choice i think both of those guys jenner and felino are ideal f1 four checkers for that line yeah for sure right so that's i i think they're almost interchangeable for me it's it and i don't know i just don't know enough about max domi and his game is he the playmaker that atkinson needs felino and jenner aren't going to aren't going to be that if he isn't but right. Felino's more offensively inclined, I think, than Jenner is. Yes. So, um, and I, I like these off-season conversations about lines too, because we talk about them <laughs> as though they're going to be set and they're going to stay that way. <laughs> we all know that that almost right. never happens from even start to finish in a game. Um, but yes, good chat with with uh, Nyquist. We'll miss him while he's gone. Um, it's going to be. Uh, a while for him. If if the season starts in January, he's probably looking at March at the earliest for a return. If it starts in February, uh, who knows how long it will go. There's just so many variables there. And I have to tell you that you talk to more players about this and they're starting to put another word in their, in their comments when they talk about uh, next season. And that word is if, not when, but if. And I've heard a few few guys say, who knows, you know, when or if the season's going to start. And you go, boy, I've not heard that before. Um, so I don't think anybody wants to think that. Certainly nobody wants to think it into reality. Uh, but you're starting to hear it more and more. Um, okay, to the good news. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, who we barely knew uh, before yes. last season. He was a hopeful player. He was a, I don't want to say a prospect because he was an older player. Uh, but he, Allison, met or exceeded, I think, just about all of the expectations anyone could have had uh, for him coming into the season. Fit in very well with Savard on that second uh, pairing. And at times looked like a, a first pairing when they trailed in games because they could really be a shutdown pair when you needed them to be. Yeah, I mean, it. It. I was nervous just about you know because there was he. He was here in America when he signed an extension to stay in Russia. Um, we didn't know what we were going to see from him. 
Um, there were some scouting reports that he might be perhaps a bit too stay at home defensively when you know the league is going to, towards a more active defense. As, and this team is one of the ones leading that charge. Um, but I, I was thrilled with, with how quickly he adapted to the game how well he played. And we, we talked to Jody about that last week, about what makes Savard such a great partner, particularly for a young player in his rookie season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what a compliment to this, to this defenseman that he can come in. And, and I, I think I stopped thinking about him as a rookie, maybe five, 10 games in, it was just right. completely right. absent from the conversation, the way he played. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's just, I mean, at some point, I, I'll just say myself because I, I don't want to speak for other people, but I, at some point I think we need to give David Savard, I need to give David Savard a, a lot more credit. And I don't think I've spoken ill of him. I don't think ill of him, certainly. But he he fits so well with so many players, and I think so many guys like to play with him. And I, I think Gavrikov is one of those guys, very smart player. You can see it. That's the thing to me that stuck out with Gavrikov right from the start was, how smart he was! Like he didn't try to do too much. He didn't. He didn't make mistakes based on a sort of indecision mixed with the the new speed of the game and the smaller rink. He was just really smart. And I think one of the smart uh, elements to him was he figured out really quickly how convenient or how consistent, sorry, David Savard is, and how he could best mesh with him. But that is. You don't think of defensemen in the NHL like you used to as these big, bruising, physical guys. And neither he nor Savard are particularly huge. But, boy, they they play a very rugged style that somehow is still able to keep up with this game. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I, that's, I keep referencing Jody's comments from last week. But, I, you know, that's when Jody said that what David Savard does is he just is so reliable and consistent in even the the way he makes decisions on the yeah. ice. Again, it's a perfect partner for someone like Gavrikov. And I think that he got to be a little more free in his game. And, you know, what I think David Savard goes unheralded for, and and honestly, I think he might try and hide it from us a little bit, is how he's he's really part of the spirit of the room. He's a, mm-hmm. He's got a great character. He's always having fun with the guys. The guys love him. And I think, again, if that's your partner, and you're trying to settle into a new league, a new game, and you've got a guy who's always easygoing, always has kind of a spree de corps to him. Again, perfect pairing for what Gavrikov needed to do to settle in quickly. Yeah. And you know what? I, I mean, sometimes we can read too much into this kind of stuff, and and we do it all the time, especially with Russian players. I was a little curious last year how this young man stepping into a room where Bobrovsky just left, Panarin just left. Yep. Was he the only Russian in the room last year? Yes. And th- and and I, this is not to say the Russians can't get along with people from other countries. That's absurd. Of course they can. But to have no, he knew those guys a little bit, Bobrovsky and Panarin from international play. That's a big deal to step into a new room in the NHL and barely know anybody other than the brief time you spent at the end of the previous season. I have mad respect for that guy because he he seemed to fit in personality-wise really, really quickly, too. He's a funny guy. That's impressive. So, uh, Wierenski, Jones, Gavrikov, Savard, book it. 
that's uh, those guys are going to play a lot this year too while they figure out that third pair. Uh, so it's been a bad news, good news week for the Blue Jackets. I'm glad we're able to end on some good news. Allison, anything else to add? We know that the Big Ten is going to start to play hockey yes. in a couple weeks. Um, so they've announced their first 10 games for the conference. Um, no word if um, people outside the teams proper will be in the stands, but um, the Big Ten is going to attempt to have a hockey season. How about that? And we're rooting for all of us. I mean, it's getting bad out there again, numbers-wise. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, unpredictability, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they can follow through as so many other teams in sports have been able to do. Uh, Allison, thanks as always for your time. Of course, my pleasure. A big thank you to our producer Danielle Chip Lehman. Great intro music, great outro music from the great David Cook. And we'll talk to you folks again next week. Thanks for listening to Front and Nationwide.